0: VOLUME 2 CHAPTER 6 OF THE HEIDENMAUER OR THE BENEDICTINES A LEGEND OF THE RHINE BY JAMES FEDEMORE COOPER. THIS IS A LIBRIVOX RECORDING. ALL LIBRIVOX RECORDINGS ARE IN THE PUBLIC DOMAIN. FOR MORE INFORMATION OR TO VOLUNTEER, PLEASE VISIT LIBRIVOX.ORG. READ BY JOEL KENDRICK. THE HEIDENMAUER BY JAMES FEDEMORE COOPER. VOLUME 2 CHAPTER 6 i'll never be such a ghostly to obey instinct but stand as if a man were author of himself and knew no other line coriolanus the assailants as has been seen were led by the burgomaster and his two lieutenants burkhold and the smith close at the heels of the latter followed three of his own journeymen each like his master armed with a massive sledge no sooner did the party reach the gate than these artisans commenced the duty of pioneers with great readiness and skill At the third blow from Dietrich's brawny arm, the gate flew open, and those in front rushed into the court. "'Who art thou?' cried Burkhold, seizing a man who knelt with a knee on another's breast immediately across his passage. "'Speak, for this is not a moment of trifling. Master Forester. be less hot, and remember thy friends.' dost not see it as Gotlib that holdeth the convent porter lest the knave should use the additional bars there are strangers within and to consult his ease the faithless varlet hath not done his fastenings properly else mightest thou have pounded till duke friedrich's men were upon thee bravely done foster-brother thy signal was seen and counted on but since thou knowest the way so well lead on at once against the men-at-arms himmel the rogues have bristly beards well grizzled with war and may not like to have their sleep thus suddenly broken but service must be done choose the most godly of thy followers worshipful burgomaster to go against the monks who are fortified in the choir and well armed with prayer while i will lead the more carnal to another sort of work against the elector's people while this short dialogue had place the whole of the assailants poured through the gate their officers endeavouring to maintain something like order among the ill-trained band all felt the imperious necessity of first deposing of the troops for as respects the monks themselves there was certainly no cause of immediate apprehension a few were left therefore to guard the gate while heinrich guided by the cowherd led his followers toward the buildings where the men-at-arms were known to lodge If we were to say that the party advanced to this attack without concern, we should overrate their valor and do the reputation of the elector's men injustice. There was sacrilege in the invasion of the convent, according to the predominant opinions of the age. For though Protestantism had made great progress, even reformers had grievous doubts in severing the bonds of habit and long-established prejudices. To this lurking sentiment was added the unaccountable silence that still reigned among the men-at-arms, who, as Gottlieb had said, were known to be excellent soldiers at need, they lay in the rear of the abbot's dwelling and were sufficiently entrenched behind walls and among the gardens to make a fierce resistance but all these considerations rather flashed upon the minds of the leaders than they were maturely weighed in the moment of assault there is little leisure for thought especially when the affair gets to be as far advanced as this we are now describing the men rushed towards the point of attack accordingly beset by misgivings rather than entertaining any very clear ideas of the dangers they ran gotleb had evidently made the best of the time he had been at liberty in the abbey to render himself master of the intricate windings of the different passages he was soon at the door of the abbot's abode which was dashed into splinters by a single blow of diedrich's sledge when there poured a stream of reckless and we may add lawless soldiery through the empty apartments in another moment the whole of the assailants were in the grounds in the rear of this portion of the dwellings As there is nothing that more powerfully rebukes violence than a calm firmness, so is there nothing so appalling to or so likely to repulse an assault as a coolness that seems to set the onset at defiance. In such moments, the imagination is apt to become more formidable than the missiles of an enemy, conjuring dangers in the place of those which, in the ordinary course of warfare, might be lightly estimated were they seen. Everyone knows that the moment which precedes the shock of battle is by far the most trying to the constancy of man, and a reservation of the means of resistance is prolonging that moment and, of course, increasing its influence. Every man among the hostile band, even to the leaders, felt the influence of this mysterious quiet among the troops of the elector. So imposing, in fact, did it become that they halted in a group, a position of all others most likely to expose them to defeat, and there was a low rumor of mines and ambuscades Burckhold perceived that the moment was critical and that there was imminent danger of defeat follow he cried waving his sword and springing towards the silent buildings in which it was known the men-at-arms were quartered he was valiantly seconded by the burgomaster and the smith when the whole party resumed its courage and advanced tumultuously against the doors and windows the sounds of sledges and the yielding bars and bolts came next after which the rush penetrated to the interior. The cries of the assailants ran among the empty vaults. There was the straw, the remnants of food, the odor of past debauches, and all the usual disgusting signs of ill-regulated barracks. For in that day, neatness and method did not descend far below the condition of the affluent. But no cry answered cry, no sword or arquebus was raised to meet the blow of the invader stupor was the first feeling on gaining the knowledge of this important fact then heinrich and burkhold both issued orders to bring the captured porter who was in the centre of the assailants before them explain this said the burgomaster authoritatively what hath become of duke friedrich's followers they departed at the turn of the night worshipful herr leaving limburg to the care of its patron saint gone whither and in what manner if thou deceivest me knave thy saint benedict himself shall not save thee from a flame i pray you be not angered great magistrate for i say nothing but truth there came an order from the elector as the sun said recalling his meanest warrior for it said he is sore pressed and hath need of succour the silence which followed this explanation was succeeded by a shout and individuals began to steal eagerly away from the main body bent on their own designs of pillage what road took the duke's men worshipful heinrich they went down by the horse-path in great secrecy and order and passed up the opposite mountain in order to escape troubling the townsmen to open the gates at that late hour it was their intention to cross the cedars of the heidenmauer and descending on the other side of the camp to gain the plain in the rear of dirkheim there no longer remained a doubt that the conquest was achieved and the entire party broke off in bands some to execute their private orders and others like those who had already proved delinquent to show after their own particular interests until this moment not a solitary straggler had gone near the chapel as it was not the wish of those who had planned the assault to do personal injury to any of the fraternity the orders had been so worded as to leave this portion of the abbey for a time unvisited in the expectation that the monks would profit by the omission to escape by some of the many private posterns that communicated with the cloisters but as there no longer was an armed enemy to subdue it now became necessary to think of the fraternity the process of sacking their dormitories was already far advanced and the bursts of exultation that began to issue from the buildings announced that the rich and commodious dwelling of the abbot himself was undergoing a similar summary process himmel muttered gotleb who from the moment of his liberation had not quitted the side of his foster-brother our castle rogues are taking deep looks into the books of the most reverend bonifacius master burkhold it were good to tell them which are latin at least lest they burthen their shoulders with learning they can never use let the knaves plunder replied heinrich gruffly as much evil as good hath come from that store of letters and it will be all the better for durkheim were the damnable ammunition for the benedictines a little less plenty there are those on the plains who doubt that necromancy is bound up in some of the volumes that bear a saint's name on their backs Perhaps Burkhold might have remonstrated, had not his instinct told him that remonstrance on such a subject in that moment of riot and confusion would have been worse than useless. The consequence was that valuable works and numerous manuscripts, which had been collected during centuries of learned ease, were abandoned to the humor of men incapable of estimating their value or even understanding their objects. "'Let us to the monks,' said Heinrich, sheathing his heavy blade, for the first time since they had quitted the wood." friend smith thou wilt look to the duties here and see that what is done is done thoroughly remember that thy metal is well heated and on the anvil waiting thy pleasure it must be beaten flat lest at another day it be remoulded into a weapon to do us harm go to dietrich thou knowest what we of the town would have and what we expect of thy skill taking burkhold by the arm the burgomaster led the way towards that far-famed pile the abbey church they were followed by a body of some twenty chosen artisans who throughout the whole of that eventful night kept close to the two leaders like the men who had been selected for this particular duty the same ominous silence reigned around the chapel as had rendered the approach to the quarters of the men-at-arms imposing but here the invaders went against a different enemy with most still living the mysterious power of the church still possessed a deep and fearful interest dissenters had spoken boldly and the current of public opinion had begun to set strongly against the romish church in all that region it is true but it is not easy to eradicate by the mere efforts of reason the deep roots that are thrown out by habit and sentiment at this very hour we see nearly the entire civilized world committing gross and evident wrongs and justifying its acts if we look closely into its philosophy on a plea little better than that of a sickly taste formed by practices which in themselves cannot be plausibly vindicated the very vicious effects of every system are quoted as arguments in favor of its continuance for change is thought to be and sometimes is a greater evil than the existing wrong and men and millions are doomed to continue degraded ignorant and brutal simply because vicious opinions refuse all sympathy with those whose hopeless lot it has been to have fallen by the adventitious chances of life beneath the ban of society in this manner does error beget error until even philosophy and justice are satisfied with making abortive attempts to palliate a disease that a bolder and better practice might radically cure it will not occasion surprise therefore when we say that both heinrich and burkhold had heavy misgivings concerning the merit of their enterprise as they drew near the church perhaps no man ever much preceded his age without at moments distrusting his own principles and it is certain that luther himself was often obliged to wrestle with harassing doubts burkhold was less troubled however than his companion for he acted under the orders of a superior and was both younger and better taught than the burgomaster the first of these facts was sufficient of itself under his habits to remove a load of responsibility from his shoulders while the latter not only weakened the influence of previous opinions but caused those which he had adopted to be well fortified in short there existed between heinrich and burkhold that sort of difference which all must have remarked in the advancing age in which we live between him who has inherited his ideas from generations that have passed and him who obtains them from his contemporaries the young forester had grown into manhood since the voice of the reformer was first heard in germany and as it happened to be his lot to dwell among those who listened to the new opinions he had imbibed most of their motives of dissent without ever having been much subject to the counteracting influence of an opposite persuasion it is in this gradual manner that nearly all salutary moral changes are effected, since they who first entertain them are rarely able to do more in their generation than to check the progress of habit, while the duty of causing the current to flow backward and to take a new direction devolves on their successors. In believing that Wilhelm of Venlu would be foremost in deserting his post, in this moment of outrage and tumult, the authors of the assault did him injustice though little likely to incur the hazards or to covet the honors of martyrdom the masculine mind of the abbot elevated him altogether above the influence of any very abject passion and if he had not self-command to curtail the appetites he had a dignity of intellect which rarely deserts the mentally gifted in situations of difficulty when heinrich and burkhold therefore entered the church they found the entire community in the choir remaining like roman senators to receive the blow in their collective and official character there might have been artifice as well as magnanimity in the resolution which had decided bonifacius to adopt this course for coming as they did from the scene of brutal violence without those who entered the church were much impressed by the quiet solemnity which met them the candles still burned before the altar the lamps threw their flickering light on the quaint architecture and the gorgeous ornaments of the chapel while every pale face and shaven head beneath looked like some consecrated watchman placed near the shrine to protect it from pollution each monk was in his stall with the exception of the prior and father johann who had stationed themselves on the steps of the altar the first as the officiating priest of the late mass and the latter under the impulse of his governing and natural exaggeration which moved him to throw his person as a shield before the vessel that contained the host the abbot was on his throne motionless indisposed to yield and haughty though with features that betrayed great and condensed passion the burgomaster and burkhold advanced into the choir alone for their followers remained in the body of the church in obedience to a sign from the former Both were uncovered, and while they walked slowly up the choir, scarce a head moved. Every eye seemed riveted by a common spell on the crucifix of precious stones and ivory that stood upon the altar. The blood of Heinrich crept under the influence of this solemn calm, and by the time he had reached the steps where he stood confronted equally to the abbot and the prior, for the former of whom he had quite as much fear as hatred and for the latter an unfeigned love and reverence the resolution of the honest burgomaster was sensibly weakened who art thou demanded bonifacius admirably timing his question by the indecision and the quailing eye of him he addressed by saint benedict my face is no stranger in limburg that you put this question most holy abbot answered heinrich making an effort to imitate the other's composure that was very sensible to himself but better concealed from others though not shaven and blessed like a monk i am one well known to most that dwell in or near durkheim i had better say what art thou thy name and office are known to me heinrich frey but in what character dost thou now presume to enter Limburg church and to show this want of reverence to our altars to speak thee fairly reverend bonifacius tis in the character of the head man of durkheim a much injured and long abused town that is tired of monkish exactions and monkish pride and which hath at length assumed the office of doing itself justice that i appear we are here to-night not as peaceful citizens bent on prayers and hymn-singing but armed as thou seest and bold in the intention to do away a nuisance from the neighbourhood for ever thy words are as little friendly as thy guise and what thou sayest here but too well answers to that which thy rude followers perform beyond the walls of this consecrated spot hast thou well pondered on this bold step of thy town herr heinrich if often pondering be well pondering it hath been before us bonifacius at different meetings and in various discussions any time this year past and hast thou no dread of rome that is an authority which lessens daily in this region holy benedictine not to deal doubly by thee of the two we have most distrusted the anger of duke friedrich but that fear is diminished by the certainty that he hath so much on his hands just now, that his thoughts cannot easily turn to other affairs. We did not know, in sooth, that he had recalled his men-at-arms, but had counted on some angry discussion with those obstinate warriors. And thou wilt easily comprehend that their absence hath in no manner lessened our faith in our own cause." the elector may regain his power when a day of reckoning will come for those who have dared to profit by his present distress we are traders and artisans good bonifacius and have made our estimates with some nicety if the abbey must be paid for an event by no means certain we shall count the bargain profitable so long as it cannot be rebuilt brother luther we think is laying a cornerstone that will prevent the devil from ever attempting to set up that which we now propose to throw down this is thy final answer burgomaster nay i say not that abbot send in thy terms to the town council to-morrow and if we can entertain them it may happen that a present accommodation shall stop all further claims but what has here been so happily commenced must be as happily finished then before i quit these holy walls hearken to my malediction returned bonifacius rising with priestly and practised dignity on thee and on thy town on all that call thee, magistrate, parent. "'Stay the dreadful words!' cried a piercing female voice from among the columns behind the choir. "'Reverend and holy abbot, have mercy!' added Ulric, pale, trembling, and shaken equally with horror and alarm. Though her eye was bright and wild like that of one sustained by more than human purpose, "'Holy priest, forbear! He knows not what he does! "'Madness hath seized on him and on the town!' they are but tools in the hands of one more powerful than they at the appearance of ulric bonifacius resumed his seat disposed to await the effect of her appeal thou here said heinrich regarding his wife with surprise but entirely without anger or suspicion happily here to avert this fearful crime from thee and thy household i had thought thee at prayers with the poor herr von ritterstein in his comfortless hermitage of the heidenmauer and canst thou think of the deed which hath driven the herr odo to this penitence and suffering and stand here armed and desperate thou seest that years do not suffice to relieve a soul on which the weight of sacrilege rests oh hast thou been with me to witness the agony that preyed upon poor odo as he knelt at yonder step listening to the mass that hath this night been said in his behalf thou mightest better know how deep is the wound that made on the heart that hath been seared by god's anger this is most strange rejoined the wondering burgomaster that those whom i had hoped well disposed of and that in a manner neither to suspect nor trouble our enterprise should cross us at the moment when all is so near completion sapperment young burkhold thou seest in what manner matrimony clogs the stoutest of us though girded with the sword and thou burkhold Hintermeyer, son of my dearest friend child of my fondest hope thou comest too on this unholy errand like the midnight robber stealing upon the unarmed and consecrated none love or none reverence thee more than i madam ulrich answered the youth bowing with sincere respect but wert thou to address thy speech to the herr heinrich it would go at once to him who directs our movements then on thee burgomaster will be thrown the heaviest load of heaven's displeasure as on the leader of the outrage what matters it that the benedictines are grasping or overweening in their respect for themselves or that some among them have forgotten their vows is not this temple devoted to god are not these his altars before which thou hast dared to come with a hostile heart and angry purpose go to good ulric returned heinrich saluting the cold but ever handsome cheek of his wife who leaned her head on his shoulder to recall her faculties while she firmly held his hand with both her own as if to say his acts go to thou art excellent in thy way but what can thy sex know of policy this matter hath been had up before many councils and by my beard tongue of woman cannot shake the resolutions of durkheim go depart with thy nurse and leave us to do our pleasure is it thy pleasure heinrich to brave heaven dost thou not know that the crimes to the parent are visited on the child that the wrong done day, however we may triumph in present success is sure to revisit us in the dread shape of punishment were there no other power than conscience, so long as that fearful scourge remains on earth tis vain to expect immunity dost thou owe all to thy Durkheim counsel and its selfish policy hast thou forgotten the hour that my pious parents gave thee my hand and the manner in which thou then plighted thy faith to protect me and mine To assume the place of these departed friends? To be father and mother and husband? To her thou took thy bosom? Is Meta that child of our mutual esteem, not that thou triflest with her peace and hopes? Lay aside, then, these hasty intentions, and turn thy mind to thine own abode. Bethink these of those whom nature and the law condemn to suffer for thy faults, or to whom both have given the dearer right to rejoice in thy clemency and mercy. Was ever woman so bent on crossing the noble duties of man? said the burgomaster who spite of himself had been sensibly moved by this hasty and comprehensive picture of his domestic duties and who was greatly troubled to find the means of extricating himself from the position in which he stood thou art better in thy chamber good ulric meta will hear of this onset and have her fears go then and calm the child thou shalt have such escort as becometh my quality and thy deserts burkhold i make the last appeal to thee This cruel father, this neglect husband, is too madly bent on his counsel and on the wild policy of the town to remember God. But thou hast young hopes and sentiments that become thy years and virtue. Dost think, rash boy, that one like Meta will dare trust the last chance of happiness to a participator in this crime, when such an inheritance of guilt will be the portion that shall descend from her own father?' a stir among the monks who had hitherto listened with an attention that vacillated between hope and fear interrupted the answers of the wavering burgomaster and his young companion the movement was caused by the entrance of the group which until now had stood aloof in the obscurity of the great aisle, but which seized the moment of doubt to advance into the centre of the choir one closely muffled walked from out its centre and throwing aside the cloak that had concealed his form showed the armed person of Emic of linogen the moment ulric recognized the unbending eye of the baron she buried her face in her hands and quitted the place she went not unattended however for both her husband and burkhold followed anxiously nor did either return to the work of the night until he had seen the heart-stricken wife and mother under the protection of a well-chosen company of the townsmen end of volume two chapter six Read by Joel Kendrick.